I'm the one who's watching you. That that's what I'm saying where your confusion is. Well, if she's watching you, then she can't get very far. That's a good point. Cece, keep watching me. I don't like it. I like it. On another man, there appears to be, instead of part of his face, there's a metallic plate covering part of his head and... I like it. I want my wife and kids back, and I don't know who has the answer on how to get them. I woke up in the middle of the dark wood in some research facility after being tested on and prodded in a pod. I didn't ask to be there. I signed up for a sleep study. And now, all of a sudden, I'm somewhere, potentially the future, potentially an alternate reality or a dream sequence. Only God knows, let's be honest. And I just want to talk to someone who knows about the past so I can gauge on what happened. I just think you need help in a lot of ways. I agree. I do need a lot of help. That we can't help you with. and welcome back to another episode of The Gate Chronicles, Season 1, Episode 27. I am your Game Master and host for this episode. My name is Emily. You can also call me Snow. And I also play in the other podcast, Sorta Online Oz. So make sure you go check that out because the story is fan-freaking-tastic, but not as good as The Gate Chronicles, okay? Just letting you know that there. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Well, now I don't know if I want to because you insulted my podcast. I actually complimented it and then insulted it. I had to balance it out. I get it. You don't want to stroke my ego too too much. Uh, my ego being the ego of Quentin, who in this campaign actually is not the GM. That is Snow's job. I just play Charles Smoot, 57-year-old biology teacher, born and raised in upstate New York, and current resident perceived to be homeless individual of the secret space. Hi, my name is Jaden, and I play Benavir Avir, a traveling bard, trying to make his way in this world. Hi, I'm Andrew, and I play Alan Taylor, the Ohioan who has no clue what's going on. Uh, hi, I'm Zach. I play Alfred Kenneth Mast. Still debating whether or not we're still debating. All right. Well, gentlemen, the party's arrival and Lamb's respite was quite eventful, if not a bit down from the weather. The exciting allure of a big city drew the party out late into the night for a quick stop at the Fair Maiden's Tavern. However, Charles Smoot used the opportunity and slipped away. Charging towards the only lead that could potentially unite him with his family, he encountered several seekers who attempted to help the supposedly homeless man as best as they could. But the ever-persistent Charles, unabated by their passive assistance, decided to do the only thing he could do. He waited impatiently, but he waited. Now, with the next day, the party have found themselves signed up for the initiation trial run by the base's local guardian, and rumor has it, they'll have their work cut out for them. So, <laughs> as I always start, you know, doing the recap, and then I have to go find, like, the other stuff, the twins stare at you for a moment. It's odd, because for some reason, it feels like you've been standing here for about two weeks. It's a very strange sensation when time seems to move slowly. All of a sudden, the twins speak up. Well, if there's nothing else we can do, then we'll have to ask you to move along. And 
time seems to pick back up. People are walking around inside of this area in the guild hall. Uh, now, where were we? Oh, yes. Charles Smoot has signed up individually to participate in the initiation trial and another strange occurrence. Cece, I mean, Brunhilda, has signed up with the rest of the party in place of David. You have about two days between now and Windun. Make that one and a half since part of the morning is already gone on this fine Mundun. And at this point, you are all literally waiting with bated breath. Why, actually, maybe that's me. I'm waiting with bated breath. So. Mumbling for uh, some reason. With a grand smile on my face. Finnevere will walk up to Smoot. Oh, great day. Did you sign up separate? What? I mean, I, I signed up. Well, you have to sign up as a team or individually. Well, I signed up. Well, I'm sure it won't make things too complicated. Everything will probably be fine. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, there's not much we can do until we pass our initiates test in terms of becoming better seekers. So I guess we have some time to kill until Windune. Why don't we go and ask about what being a seeker means? Alan Taylor says, approaching the group. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure you just go out, explore things, bring things back, have them analyzed. But how do you know that? What, what, what do you mean? Because that's what we literally did. We went out. We explored things, we brought things back, and we had it analyzed. Yeah, but, like, how does that turn into a living? What do you mean? People place values on these things that we go and collect. If we collect rare things or go to dangerous places, it's worth more. It's like treasure hunting. You ever watch Indiana Jones? Ooh, even better. Uh, what was it? The, li- the Librarians? The Warehouse? What was that show? Kelsey walks over. You talking about Warehouse 13? Yes, that one! What? Wasn't that, like, the Fed doing this? I guess we're not the Fed, but, uh... I mean, this is the most organized thing that I've seen closest to the government, so aren't we kind of like the feds? Does that mean we have jurisdiction all over the place? I feel like it definitely does. Uh, uh, I'm not sure how uh, American politics compare. As far as I know, governmental reach doesn't reach terribly far, at least one particular government, so I don't know how are the Seekers' influences across the continent. Cece pops up from behind Charles Smoot. Well, let me tell you this. I know a little bit about the Seekers from what Amali's told me, and technically, eh, eh, it depends on where you go, but you're not always really well welcomed. Oh, I don't really care if I'm welcomed as long as I get answers. And also, Taylor, this job is what you make of it from my understanding. I'm in it to get answers to questions and find out what happened. I just want to know if my brother's okay. And I'm in it just to learn more about the world. Again, it is what you make of it. From my understanding, apparently you can just, once you make it to a specific rank, just kind of sit on your hands and collect the paychecks. But they pay for that. (laughs) Sitting on your hands, it's a specialty. Even back in American days. David walks over. I'm sorry, everyone's just like walking over one by one at this point. David comes over. What are you guys talking about? Apparently uh, in America, you could sit on your hands and get paid for. Is that true? Oh my goodness, the warfare system. Smoot, I don't imagine the federal government exists anymore. Probably not, but I mean, it's, like I said, it's the closest thing we have to it. I mean, they probably have kingdoms somewhere in some form or, or another, but I mean, that's um, not exactly a... Yeah, oh. no, they definitely have a kingdom right now. I mean... I mean, someone's in charge of the Red Guard, I'd imagine. Mm. Yeah, the Red King. The Red King? Yeah. That sounds really ominous and foreboding. It is ominous and foreboding. 
Why, why is he red? Well, is, I mean, is he's... blood? Actually, yes, he's also known as the Bloody King. Wait, what did he do? Oh, God, it's not another one. He... He killed a lot of people. Or had a lot of people killed. Or there were a lot of people that were killed when he came to power. So I think that's why he's called the Bloody King. I don't know if he did it himself. The Red Menace rears its face again. That's the Red Menace. Communism. I, don't, I think we should focus on what we can control. Venevere was talking about free healthcare. <laughs> I don't recall that. You asked, do you wanted if they had free healthcare? Well, that wouldn't be free, would it? Uh, I mean, they'll, they, I don't know. The old saying is work will set you free. Hmm. I wonder what this test is going to consist of. Is it like the kind where you have to write down your answers? Hopefully not. I can barely write. I know we might have to go over some things, Mr. Smoot. Oh, is pretty good at those. It's probably the kind of test where you gotta kill something or find something. Why would we have to kill something? I thought we were finding things. If we're if we're seekers, don't we find things? Yeah, but if yeah. you've ever been out in the forest, you also kind of have to kill the thing that's trying to kill you before you die. Well, haven't you ever been on a, a nut hunt? A you hide hunt. things inside nuts and get the children to go find them, or if you are a child, you go find them. It was that, one of my favorite things. That sounds like Easter. That sounds nuts. You guys have Easter? Uh, Mask just pops up from behind Charles Smoot. Wow. Everyone keeps doing that. Suddenly revivified. It's, it's and really not, not that hard. Well, if we got some uh, time to kill and we're going to be here for a while, why not take a tour? Because they won't let you in anywhere. Well, we'll see uh, about that. Help out of the city, then. At the very least, we might be able to hear about some good place to stay. We need to sleep somewhere, and I doubt we're welcome with the caravan. They'll probably be heading out in three days. Ah, uh, yes. It does suddenly occur to you. Finavir, that while you could be easily staying in the wagon of the caravan, it is likely not going to be a permanent solution, seeing that you all basically have learned that Poplai's caravan stays in most locations no more than a week, and far less so if the place is not suitable for the wagons or suitable to Poplai's taste. You estimate, however, that this location will likely be the latter, and that you have some time to determine if you will be staying in Lamb's Respite for the foreseeable future. Smoot just realized, or at least I just realized, after having Smoot storm off, I left Cerulean back at the wagon. Yeah, yeah, you did. Oh, no. Okay. Did I, Maybe did I, you should go pick up your horse. It's an, it's an elk. First off, not a horse. I, I'm surprised you don't know the difference. Really not that hard to tell. One literally has things sticking out the side of its head. Listen, I am not good with animals, all right? Okay, okay well, did. Wait. I mean, it's it's still pretty pretty clear the difference between a horse and a big old moose thing. It looks like a horse to me. If your definition of what an elk is versus a horse is that they have things sticking out of their heads, doesn't Cerulean have, like, little tiny nubs that really aren't even sticking out? Well, they are sticking out because they're nubs and you know about them. But that could also be like eyebrows. Eyebrows stick out from your face. Does that mean you're an elk? Absolutely. I get on all fours and go, behold a man or behold a horse. Sorry, wrong phrase. Uh, a few people stop and stare at you, Finavir, for a moment before clapping and moving on. Yeah, I'm not associated with him. Smoot walks off going <laughs> after his elk. <laughs> okay, so Charles Smoot walks away. If you get lost, make sure you meet up, uh, meet up with the caravan by evening. Otherwise, we'll assume that you're camping out somewhere weird or went to jail again. All right, sounds fun. I ain't bailing you out this time. Someone bailed me out last time. We would have. Wait, did Finnevere learn about the... He no, 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 no. I, I, I don't think anyone told him when he actually went to jail. I was presuming he would be there this time around. So I'm going to say that this is the point where everyone sort mm -hmm. of takes the time to split off doing their downtime activities over the period of time. Um, Charles Smoot, you said you were heading back towards the caravan? Yeah, I got to get Cerulean. 
Okay, so you're heading back there. Just I, I just want an idea of where everyone is wanting to go. Um, and if you don't really have an idea of where, just let me know and I can give you some uh, ideas of locations that are here. Technically, yeah, you guys can just walk around the town and I can kind of point things out of what exists. Uh, I'm going to pick up Cerulean and then go see if I can find Beatrice. So you want to go to the bookseller? Yes. Okay. So, um, Zach, did you have anywhere that you wanted uh, Alfred Kenneth Mess to go for downtime or anything that you wanted him to do over a period of one and a half days? Alfred, I believe, is going to head towards, I guess, where the caravan would be situated because I'm assuming that's like a shopping district or something where there would be more shops than just the caravan. So, I mean, your character assuming because you're in a city you did see that there was a market uh, a marketplace at the base of the stairs leading up to the keep and you also could assume that the caravan is potentially set up to sell down below uh at the entrance but there might be shops sporadically throughout the rest of this uh citadel city thing so um so you're you're just wanting to go to shops basically is there anything in particular that you're looking for? Uh, nothing in particular. And then he's also going to be asking shopkeeps about potential job, asking if anyone needs hand uh, help with anything and if they'd be willing to pay him because he doesn't have a lot of money. Okay, so your character's not really looking to buy anything. He's just looking for work. Well, no, he's also looking to buy things. It's just okay. he's going to also ask about potential work. Okay. All right. Uh, Finevere? Realizing that uh, trying to be a merchant and carry around your merchanting supplies in combat may be something he might want to put on the back burner and or until we get our own carriage to store such stuff because carrying around such supplies of salt and uh, other goods uh, created a source of contention uh, and also his own uh, exhaustion. So I'm going to try to see if I can sell off my uh, two large bags of salt, weighing 12 pounds, as well as the majority of my alcohol. I'll save one bottle of fine wine, which weighs a pound. So that's two bottles of fine wine, and I don't know if I'll unload the ale. That's like, I have like five pounds left. Okay. Uh, Alan Taylor? I would be uh, uh, doing one of two things. Either A, uh, attempting to secure uh, manual labor as a means of income, and B, uh, trying to find a uh, more permanent, or n not necessarily permanent, but a more long-term uh, place of residence. Somewhere where, if we were to stick around here for a while, uh, that is where I could call home. If I get a chance, I would like to learn about any significant places of note that um, I guess uh, this town has uh, likely a bunch of interesting places like, uh, uh, gosh, the last, the last, um, two places we had had interesting places there, like the, they were famous for the baths or, um, uh, Ashby had, uh, the elders and such. And... Okay. Um, so this is how it's going to go. Since Mest, Finevere, and Alan, you all are essentially all going to be going to a very similar location, which would be in the market to do all of these things. So I'm going to have you guys, you'll be all grouped together. We'll do a, a scene with that. And then Smoot, I know you wanted to go to the bookseller. 
as well as grabbing Cerulean. So the question is, who wants to go first? So we got the group of three, and then we got the party of one. Hey, that's how we're signed up for the secret initiative trial. It is, trial, it so. is. I got to keep my plan secret. Is it like each individual one of us? or You'll just be as a group for the most part. And, um, you guys will all be in the same location together, but there will be interactions that individuals can do. This is the group as follows that is all together. It is Finnevir, Alan, Mest, David, and Cece has tagged along with this group. You guys all make your way down the long set of stairs, feeling a little bit winded by the time you get to the bottom. Not as bad as when you were going up, but still, it was just a long period of time. Your legs are a little sore, but you make it down to the market, which is actually bustling at this point. There are stalls on either side of the stairs with different rows of, of um, people in different, some in buildings, some under tents. Uh, you can see that there are a variety of things being sold and exchanged a variety of goods but mainly you do see that the coin the main coin exchange is again silver and copper but more silver in this city than in the other ones like the other towns and villages which was mainly a copper uh, exchange all right so this place is a little more well off so for alan and mest i'm gonna have you guys each roll a diplomacy roll and then also everyone just rolling their perceptions, too. One. Twenty. Natural. Seventeen for Finn's perception. Okay. Twenty-six for uh, Alfred's perception. Okay. Also, wait. Did did you roll a natural one and I rolled a natural twenty? I rolled and we a both nat- have charisma stats of zero? Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Very nice. What was your perception for Alan Taylor? Perception? Yes. I asked for perception as well. Not much better. Four. Someone oh. call Will Whedon. He has, he's notoriously bad at rolling, like, all the time. It is so statistically amazing. Alan, I feel like your perceptions just get worse and worse with each time. I feel like at this point, you might be getting a slight bit of a headache just from the weather because today has actually been kind of foggy. It's like that after effect from rain. It's been pretty down, like, um... Downcast? Is that the right word? He, he still has a hangover, despite the the, the alchemist's gift. You're you're getting that weather migraine that usually happens after rain uh, for some people. So you do have a little bit of a headache that's formed. So it's been a little difficult to, to really pay too much attention to what's been going on. Even though you really haven't been able to notice much, one of the things that does stand out to you is the sound of hammering, which is just making it worse. And you can tell exactly what direction it's coming from. The rest of you can actually, what you you notice is, as you're coming down the stairs, you notice that there's a very nice blacksmith's shop that is off to the left of the stairs, just settled back in some buildings. And you can see that there are a number of seekers there, uh, definitively so, based upon the armor and weapons that they're carrying versus what a lot of the other population carries. Uh, You also see that... Just beyond that, along some of the other buildings, you actually see that there is a shop that says Ida's Strange Herbs and Elixirs. I bet she knows everything. Everything we don't know. That or she knows some things. So uh, those are some of the more main shops that you see. You actually also see several people carrying around large 
uh, swaths of wool like on their shoulders and they seem to be moving it uh, to a sort of larger building that is potentially like a warehouse of sorts. Um, and you also see actually some relatively recently sheared sheep just running around. Just running around? Is someone chasing them? Nope, they're just running around. Oh boy, someone didn't notice their sheep got away. Yep, um, and some things that you notice, like, uh, let's see. Okay, um, Alan, you are essentially following pretty closely behind Mest, so wherever Mest goes, you're probably gonna end up going as well, since he is your guide right now, visually. Yep. He's your guiding Mest. Your Mest? Emo- emotional guide. He's my seeing eye Mest. He's your seeing eye Mest. <laughs> Stealth check, no. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, bad right flashbacks. Too soon. <laughs> I heard about these nightmares. Oh! <laughs> Don't turn Alan Taylor into a blind pigeon. I kind of want to poke about the <laughs> alchemist. Oh, sorry, the the blacksmith's blacksmith's shop when uh, those two are done. Okay. So, uh, Mest and Alan. Uh, was there anywhere that you were really particularly interested in going or any air quote job that your character would be particularly interested in doing? Most of the people that you do talk to, uh, they, they ask you what your skills are, what you feel comfortable doing for the most part. Okay. Um, I'm probably just going to start off heading to the, to the herbalist shop and uh, taking a look around in there. Okay. I'd start walking off towards the shop to go and enter. And okay. I'm assuming I'm assuming Alan is following me. The lost puppy follows along. <laughs> Alan with his terrible migraine that just won't go away follows along closely behind Alfred Kenneth Mest. As you do, you are hit by a series of smells like lavender, burning sage, uh, and you can actually see that right at the front, there is a small, uh, what looks to be table with a variety of elixirs and balms set out. And you see a an older woman with graying hair sitting behind the table, and she smiles at you as you enter. Welcome. Uh, hello there. Hello. Um... I'm trying to think what my character is actually wanting to say. Is there anything I can help you with? The woman who is sitting before you appears somewhat haggard, a little tired. Her hair is tied up loosely in like a sort of bun. And she has like five different sticks in her hair. Um, One of them actually appears to be the decorative piece. The other are probably accidental. Well, if you need a moment, I'm going to continue with grinding up my herbs here. If you need anything else that you can't find in the front, you can always ask my assistant, Mildred, back there, and she could help you. I I guess for now, I'll just... Alfred will nod, and he'll take a little look around the shop, see okay. what's available. So you start to peruse around the shop, looking at Ida's strange herbs and elixirs, and you're assuming the lady at the front is probably Ida. You see that she has a few things on her table, um... Some of them are just your general healing herbs and ointments. You actually see a few things like something she has labeled as the elixir of vision. She also has one that is labeled dark vision potion. There is one that is labeled oil of the mark. And 
It appears to be glowing somewhat inside, uh, yellow in color. She has a what looks like to be a blister pack of pills, essentially labeled as a capsule pack of Fox's Cunning. There is a special oil that she has off to the side that is labeled as an oil of keen edge. And you also see that she has in a case in the back, locked up several pages uh, that are flipped over on the back, but you can see that there are labels on them that say basically scrolls for recipes and whatnot. Uh, are there prices anywhere on anything? Yes. Any of them in particular? Uh, right now, I am thinking of looking at the dark vision. Okay. Uh, you see that the label has an amount written on it in their language, but you're able to read it as 300 silver. That, that's a lot of silver. What What was the conversion for copper to silver again? 10 to 1. Ah. Uh, that's a lot of silver. Um, is is there anything that's relatively cheaper or? So going around, you peruse the prices after seeing the Dark Visions price. You kind of recoil at that. I look at my wallet and I open my wallet. It's just there's not enough coins in there. Okay. Uh, Alan Taylor's also kind of looking around. He also sees the prices. Um, you both see that, for example, the Elixir of Vision is 250 silver. The scrolls look like they are about 50 silver each. The oil of the mark is 25 silver. The blister pack, just you, you sort of recoil at the prices. You see it says 13,500 silver. The that, that's an expensive one. That's a lot of money for some Mucinex. <laughs> but you do realize that it looks like it is labeled as 50 pills of Fox's cunning. With with the scrolls, can I can I make out any sort of descriptions on of what the are on the scrolls or um the 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 labels are written as scroll of keen senses, scroll of jump those are the only ones that she has uh, available at this time. Keen senses and jump. Mm -hmm. Are the are the scrolls like in containers? Like she has them sealed inside of a glass box, but like wooden frame glass box. You can see. Okay, um, so but it they're is, flipped it's over. It's like a display case. Yes, okay. they're flipped over so they can't be read, but they are labeled on the back with like a little um triangular tab you know i'm curious about this scroll of jump i'd, I'd like to purchase it actually oh mildred please help him so um you hear behind you in a back room little footsteps come running out and you see a little girl with pigtails hello can i help you uh yes i'd like to purchase the scroll of jump oh all right uh she has a giant set of keys on her side and she is very tiny. She's probably about like three feet tall. Okay. And the keys are like very large. She's like jank like playing with these keys and she's uh, inserting them into the lock, unlocks it, lifts the lid. She pulls out a little stool and climbs up, removes the tab and then pulls out the scroll and she rolls it up. All right. Uh, uh, oh, hold on. She looks at the price and then comes back after hopping off the stool. It's it's 25 silver. I mean, 50 silver. I'm sorry. I was, I was going to say, I thought you just said it was 50 to me a minute ago. <laughs> hey, that doesn't mean that little girl can read. 
I would hope she can. Uh, all right, and I'll I'll break fifty silver out and pay for pay for the scroll. I I guess hand her the money. Okay. One moment, she reaches her hand out and takes the money from you before handing over the scroll. One moment, I need to count this. And she takes it over to the front table and lays the scroll down next to Ida, who basically gets out like a paper bag and puts it in there. And she slowly counts out the coins, very slowly. One, two, three. Until she finally does, and she comes running back with a little paper bag. Here you are. Uh, thank you. So I see you uh, offer potions here. Do you ever need help with or assistance with making them or? Um, at this time, I am not sure. I actually haven't had thought about hiring any other help. I've been training Mildred on the mortar and pistols. So, hmm. Do you have skills that are? I would break out uh, two, two of my cure light wound potions uh, for my level three. And then I'm also going to grab my true strike potion that I had and place them on the table. She lifts it up and um, lifts up the cure light wounds first and seems to swirl it around a little bit and looks at it in the light and then puts it down and picks up the true strike one. Does the same thing. Hmm. Quality's not all there, but... I, I'm still fairly new to the... To the brewing process, you could say. Hmm. Well, I guess I could use someone else to uh, gather and grind up herbs. What are you looking to be paid? Um. Hmm. Do you have a money? <laughs> Do you have a praise? A praise is a skill I have. The only image in my head is the image of Plankton going, I didn't think I'd get this far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to title that my personal chapter name. Herbs. <laughs> What would you be willing to offer? She raises an eyebrow. I could pay you three copper a day for your services. Uh, how long? <sighs> it's so hard to find good help that doesn't run off. What are your plans looking like? Uh, what is your availability? In two days, we go off for our seeker initiation. Oh, dear. Um. Yep. What was your name again? I never got it. I'm sorry. Uh, my name is Alfred Kenneth Mest. Mr. Mest, I am hesitant to hire anyone who is looking to join the guild simply because the help is not always consistent, if you know what I mean. When you hire someone who works for the guild, you're not always guaranteed they'll come back alive. That makes sense. Yes, unfortunately, I, um... If you're going to be taking a test, I don't think I could be using your help right now. All right, then. Well, sorry for your trouble. Thank you for the goods. Uh, but if you happen to fail the test and survive, feel free to come back. Ah, uh, do you know, do you happen to know anything about the test? What would you say the likelihood of surviving is? She looks you up and down. Do you want me to be honest, or would you rather me soften the blow? We made it through murdering a giant frog. Hmm. I, I won't be taking the test by myself, thankfully. You! <sighs> I think it would be best if I did not dampen your spirits before your test. Got it. Arrowing chance of death. <laughs> I do apologize. 
Like I said, it's very hard to find good help in this city. After all, everyone who comes here has high hopes of becoming seekers. I just wanted to learn more about the world, and it was the first plan that seemed to have access to gaining more knowledge. Yes, I mean, that is their motto, after all. Gain knowledge, such and such. But it is not exactly what I would recommend for someone like yourself. Maybe for you, sir. She gestures to Alan. Throwing that mad shade, though. You could go die, but I like you enough. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I'm gonna comment on that. Are you saying that you expect me to die, or that you think I'm suited enough for the job? I think that you have enough brawn over brain to make it through. Well, now it just sounds like you're calling me dumb. No, that was a compliment. <laughs> I'm she, messing with you. She just smiles and firms her lips together. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, unfortunately, like I said, I cannot hire you in at this time. If you, for example, would change your mind and don't end up pursuing the seeker uh, lifestyle, I would be happy to have you work in my little shop here. Well, thank you for the offer. Uh, I'll keep it in mind. I'd probably, unless Andrew wants to do some shopping here. Nope. I do not care for your magic drug plants. Listen, most of this isn't isn't magic. It's science. She kind of responds to that. Are you sure you don't want to have something that might give you a bit of a keen edge on your weapon? The sharper the blade, the better the blow. Wouldn't that be more of a blacksmith's job? Oh, but you see, alchemy is such a wonderful thing. You can create so many different things. Things that can make weapons sharper with different oils, apply poisons, even yeah. cures if you really want. Don't you want to stab someone and cure their wounds? I don't think that's how it would work, but it's an idea. I don't think applying morphine to your spear is going to heal someone when you stab them. <laughs> Maybe it would. Have you tried? I don't know, ma'am. You got some morphine? I'd like to try this. <laughs> morphine? No, I do not have anything of that nature here. It's a horse tranquilizer. Used as a painkiller from where I am, from where I'm from. Interesting. You... Where are you from, exactly? Far away from here. Well, I don't know anywhere called Far Away From Here. Is there a name to a place called Far Away From Here? Ohio. That sounds far away from here. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I told you. Well, yes, well, of course. If you're interested, I do have these oils that can be applied to your blades. They can really help with landing that critical strike. How much? 750 silver. That's a bit steeper than I've got. Yes, but it would make your blade much sharper. I got a scroll of jump. Okay, so you, are you guys done in the shop? Uh, I, yeah. Okay. He said he didn't have anything to do, so I'd be done. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you got a scroll that lets you make jump potions. I'm assuming I haven't actually read it yet. Oh, well, you know, that is fair. But yeah, wasn't <laughs> wasn't it? Isn't that one of the recipe scrolls? Yeah, <gasps> that's why I picked it up. Wait, what if it taught right. you how to make things into tablets like she had instead of Ooh. potions? You both have essentially learned that a lot of the 
tenders are not really willing to hire people who are working as part of the guild simply because you're too high of a flight risk or a death risk, so to speak. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, Mest, I'm going to then make an assumption that you would head back to the caravan to read over your scroll and decipher it. Yeah, okay. I would probably head back to the caravan. I wouldn't start deciphering the jump scroll just yet. I want to meet up with anyone else that is over there. Okay, that's and- fine. I'm going to say that there by by the time that you head back, several hours have passed. Um, okay. So you go back to the caravan with Alan Taylor. Okay. All right. Finnevere of Beer. You have all your stuff with you today? At the moment, yes. Okay. Ah, as betwixt by magic, the smell in the air, Petricor, and also the sight of all these wonderful wares. And Cece pops up. Yep. The smell of crap in the air and all these wonderful articles. Well, I spawned a few seekers over there by that, uh, by that blacksmith shop. They might know what's up. See if there's anything interesting. You know what they say. Opportunity plus interest equals profit. They do? They do? Oh, hey, Kelsey. Hey. Sorry, I've been kind of been here. Oh, well, I've just been very, very distracted. Yeah, I saw Mest and Alan walk off in that direction. Well, all we can do is pray they'll be fine. We can't babysit them forever. Yeah, I thought they would enjoy their little date. All right. Uh, so I, um, I, I start making my way over to the blacksmith shop. Okay. I'm just kind of like peeking my head over other people's shoulders trying to see what's so interesting. So uh, you make your way over there. Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check for me. Booyah, 23. Like we said earlier, there's a small gathering of seekers there who are examining weapons, spears, daggers, uh, even a whip is there. And you can actually see that these are very fine weapons. They appear, go ahead and roll an appraise check for me. 11. Just like their name says, they appear to be of masterwork quality. Valued about some of them at around 350, 325. It's about the average of what these weapons are. But what really catches your eye when you walk over is there is up on the wall behind the blacksmith where he is standing talking with one other uh, customer, there is a green tinged bladed spear with a vine and rose pattern near the spine that branches more into a randomized pattern near the edge of the blade. It definitely makes you think of Alan Taylor, but it looks fantastic. It looks sharp and deadly. You also see that in a nearby display case, there is a large bastard sword finely crafted with a gold star set in the pommel. And as you get closer to read it, you see that the words pierce the heavens are written along the blade. Ooh, I want to go inspect that. Sure. You're already standing over the case when you spy the price tag of 18,335 silver. Oh, Smoot would love this. I was just thinking the exact same thing. Oh. Hmm. How much for this dagger? Cece speaks up towards the blacksmith who walks over. Young lady, do you have your guardian here with you? What? Um, <sighs> my guardian is right over there. Does she point at me? She points at Finnevere. And she gives you the eyebrows like, haha, yeah, you should help me with this. Uh, I'm not one to disappoint her, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll come over. Okay. Uh, can I help you with something? Uh, your ward was asking how much the dagger was. 
Is she approved to be buying? Uh, depends on if it's a good quality or not. You can roll on a praise. Uh, can I like, uh, like handle it and just kind of? If you is ask he, is him, he is he letting me? If he, if you ask him, he oh, pulls yeah, I, it out. I ask him so I can like you know. Yep. So check he pulls the out the dagger. Uh, you can see that it is a slightly curved but very sharp dagger. So it's like curved almost um, in an exotic way. Uh, it has a little bit of a finger loop on the handle so that it can be spun around a little. But <laughs> it looks like it's really decent quality. All right. He has it priced around. 310 silver. So, can I get it? And are you going to pawn it off like the mask? I have the mask right here. And she pulls it out from her bag. And she starts to model it. And you have your flute? She pulls out the tin whistle and starts to model it with the mask. You hear a little bit of clapping from behind. Okay, you've impressed me enough. <laughs> I think we'll take it. Okay, I got this. I'll pay for it, of course. Uh, she throws her coins onto the counter, but slams them down. Aha! There we go. Everything is right there. I make sure it's the right amount. She has <laughs> divvied it up really well. Oh, oh, she was, she was prepared for this. Did you? Yes. They think I'm the bard. <laughs> so he wraps up the blade. He actually peace ties it for her. All right, young lady. Now be careful with that. You could really hurt somebody. Uh, perhaps you should take her and have her trained on it. Of course. Uh, can we also get a scent of uh, whetstones? He goes under the counter. Uh, ba- basically, uh, sharpening and cleaning yeah. equipment. Yeah. I want to buy her a set. Okay, sure. All right. Uh, here's a small set for the lass. That'll be ten silver. It has a polishing rag, the whetstone. Does it come with any uh, oil to protect it? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is so cool. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I hope you're prepared with the... Uh, what to tell their mighty brother of yours? My brother? Oh, yeah. Um, of course. I always have something to tell my brother. I'm sure you do. All right. Um, so it seems that this is just like a general place of quality that the, the seekers tend to... It, it seems like they, they have a good eye for this type of place. The equipment seems to be uh, above par, which is uh, very ac- acceptable. Mm-hmm. And you assume so, probably because of its location to the keep. All right. Um, if I, I'd like to spend the rest of my time uh, trying to pawn off some of my heavier equipment. Okay. So you're trying to pawn off the salt and what was the other thing? Uh, I think I'm going to unload the my cask of ale. Okay. So is the cask of ale that you, you bought the other night or is that the one you've had? I've had it. It's a small wooden cask. Um, be nice if I could keep the cask, but... Unload the ale, but I don't know if that's realistic. Uh, it is. It, it wouldn't be realistic. Uh, so. Yeah. The most important part is, uh, I guess, getting rid of the salt. How much? How much of the? How much does the ale weigh? Like, how much is it actually? Uh, after usage, I should have about five pounds left. Five pounds. How yep. many drinks is that? Does it? Is it labeled for that? Uh, filling up a full, uh, tankard it or pint, it'd be half a pound. So it's um, it'd be ten uses. Do you know what you bought it for? How much? Uh, that was a long time ago. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, it was pretty cheap. Okay. Uh, you find it difficult to sell the ale directly in the market. Um, as most people, they, they definitely want the cask, but also just for the amount, it, they're a little hesitant because um, most people want to buy a larger amount for the alcohol. But... Vinavir, are you trying to sell the salt all at once at this point? I'll ration them off into 
uh, one pound increments, like what you would buy at the store, like in our, our world, you, you buy them in one pound cylinders. Uh, and I'll have 50, sorry, 12 of those. I actually don't have 20 pounds. I have 12. Uh, okay. and I will, I'll keep one pound because I need to make food and stuff. I'll try to sell off the other 11. All right. Uh, seeing, since this is a bustling town where things are readily available and, uh, with the laws of supply and demand, the appropriate choice would be trying to, I guess, undercut the price just a bit to try to come up with a steal of a deal. Okay. How much are you going to undercut by? One uh, pound of salt normally sells for five, five air quote gold, but five silver. Uh, so if it normally sells for five, I'll try to do it for four. And then also kind of like, you know, try to sell the fact that it's from a ways away. Okay. Are you walking around selling it or are you do you try to sit down and set up? Uh, does it look like all you need is to just, you know, set out a mat and pick a spot? So your character, I mean, his his experiences have been in villages and small towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do know that a lot of these sellers here are already pretty established. Like their stalls are established. People know each other. So setting up might irk some people. All right. But uh, you're not really sure if that's if that's something that you can do or if it's silly, like not illegal i'll see if there's a spice seller here and see if i can just sell to him at a at the discount sure so you go over and you find the spice seller well somebody who's basically selling a lot of uh, local goods mixed in with some exotic spices and it is a larger man with very meaty hands who appears to really enjoy his delicacies what what is this hello hello welcome welcome ah well met well met indeed. You see, I've come a long ways away, and I'm looking to unload uh, some of my my wares. are getting a bit hard on the back. Oh, I see. Well, what is it that you're trying to unload? Uh, I present him my uh, my large sack of salt. Oh, I see. All right. Uh, I don't suppose you're part of the guild, then? Uh, uh, I'm not even sure the technical answer for that. Um, well, are you part of the guild? Well, I haven't taken the test yet. The test? He pauses for a second. Oh, you mean like the Merchant's Guild? Indeed. I'm talking about the guild. Oh, uh, no. No, no, sir. Aye. I'm just a traveler. Uh, All right. Uh, So, lad, you seem like a good kid. I'm going to let you in on a well-known trade secret about the guild. Oh, will you now? The guild doesn't like non-guild members selling in cities. I see. You'll be hard-pressed to be selling that much here. I'd recommend you sign up with the guild in Senai, and then you could be selling all your things. I see. Otherwise, most people would only be able to be able to buy about three pounds. In general, most customers are limited to a purchase of three of similar items, unless it is general food products. Oh, sounds pretty common if you ask me, but I do genuinely appreciate the uh, uh, the info. In fact. I'd like to uh, portion off one of the one pound bags. It may sure. not be, I guess kosher wouldn't be a good word. Um, <laughs> kosher salt. It may not be appropriate to sell, but how about a gift? And I uh, uh, hand him a portioned off uh, one pound bag. All right. But while I'm here, uh, you wouldn't happen to have a good deal on any spices with, uh, you know, just a little bit of kick. A little bit of kick. Oh, he thinks for a moment. Hmm. Unfortunately, it seems that I have mainly things of the general nature. Dill, general cloves, basil. I do have all spice, but I don't have any of the specialties 
most of those we are able to get over in Taisha, for example, uh, since many of them are spice shipments from overseas. I see. I do know there is a caravan in town that may be selling such things. Say, uh, I aspire to be a merchant. It's my, it's one of my grand goals in life. What kind of capital would you need to set up a sizable business? What I would say is that for if you're going to join the Merchant's Guild, most people don't have to join if they aren't going to be doing business in cities. In general, most of those individuals are stationary when they do sign up with the guild. For example, the caravan is not a stationary, but they have a special guild pass that lets them sell in different cities. They are the traveling merchants. They are allowed to sell varieties of goods only because they started out selling something that was unique, which is something the Merchants Guild would like to see from anyone who joins. But for me, for example, my family had this business going for many years, so it was passed down, so the licenship was also passed down. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so very much for your time, and do enjoy the salt. Well, thank you. Doesn't look like it'll be much for selling, but might just be stuck with it for a bit. All right. Uh, I'll check back with everyone, see how things are going, and if it's not late in the day, maybe we try to explore. Okay. If it is, then maybe we'll just wait till tomorrow. Okay, so Charles Smoot. Hey, that's me. So, uh, Charles Smoot, you make your way back down, and you're able to uh, find Cerulean at the back of the wagon. He appears to be slightly dehydrated from sitting out in the sun. Oh, no. All right, uh, uh, Cerulean, I don't know. I don't really know where to take you, but uh, well, we'll find you something to drink, buddy. You see that off to, like, towards the front of the caravan, kind of like where it's arcing around the central statue, there appears to be a sort of stable, and you see that the aurochs are being tended to there. Well, I think I found out where I'm supposed to be taking you to, buddy. Yeah, sure. I would take him by his reins and lead him over that way. Okay. You take him to the stable. Uh, They offer to keep him... Uh, for a copper a night where they will provide his feed, water, um, and that's about it. And housing. Hmm. Sounds good to me. Okay. They do ask for prorated pay. How long are you planning on staying, basically? Uh, at least this evening and the following one. I'll come back to pick them up on Windune. Okay. So, that's two copper, and they'll take that from you. Okay. Um, Smoot, you have no idea where the bookseller is right now. I was told somewhere down by the outskirts-ish of the lower part of town. Uh, if need be, I would ask around two people. Okay. Charles Smoot. Yep. It takes you a few hours. Hours? To find the bookseller. It is in a very obscure location towards the back of the city. Nobody really pays it any mind. Oh, I am... Smoot would be very curmudgeon about this. No but one you knows do where find the gosh it. Darn bookstore is. Yeah. Everyone always pointing me in the wrong direction. Oh, it's up that way. It goes around that corner. It's a dead end. What do you think a bookstore is? It's not a dead end. Rabble, rabble, rabble. It's a bookend. So you go in. It's a very tiny shop, and there is a small front desk. Nobody seems to be manning it. There is a fireplace in the back that is a good distance away from the actual books, but there are uh, some tables sure back. So. There are some tables back there. And you do see that there appears to be about two or three people there in the back reading. Like back behind the counter? Back at the tables that are near the fireplace. Okay. And there are several shelves, but they don't appear to be laden with books. They're very um, 
minimally full. Is there a bell or anything on the front counter? No, man. This is a reading place. Who puts noise-making instruments in a bookstore? Smoot would attempt to quietly walk up and (laughs) non-jarringly catch the attention of the individuals reading. Ah, pardon me. Shh, the person turns and shushes you. I guess I'm not pardoned then, am I? You approached a man. Go to a woman. Men are nasty. (laughs) All rude. Like Levi, for example. (laughs) Okay, so you go up to uh, one of the women who are both reading uh, at the same table. Pardon me, ladies. This is my first time here, too. Shh. Well, fine, I guess I'm just gonna... Who works here? They both just lift their hands and just slowly point to one of the bookshelves. So I could, I could just take any book? They glare at you, and then shh. I just walk over to the bookshelves, I guess, and then okay. start looking and attempting to read the bindings uh, or front covers of a lot of these books. The bookshelf that you're pointed to, you actually see that there is a stack of books that are actually much taller And there's a lot more books here than on the shelves. And as you approach getting ready to peruse the bookshelves, you uh, take notice that there is a small figure uh, kind of crouched down in this pile of books that is flipping through pages. Uh, hello? She looks up. Uh, uh, how tall is this individual? You see a very small woman who appears to be about four foot six. But she's crouched down right now, but you're estimating based upon, like, the leg length and how she's sitting in this tiny little area. She has little tiny hands. She has dark black hair that's pulled back and tied up, and she's wearing glasses. Uh, Pardon me, I was wondering if you could point me towards some books on history. Hmm. As as far back as it'll go. Oh, uh, what kind of history are you looking for? Uh, the accurate and far back kind. Accurate and far back kind, all right. Um, oh, wait, hold on, I have this. And she dives into the pile of books, which you kind of see the pile sort of shift back and forth, like, uneasily. If it looks like it's about to fall, I would attempt to stabilize it. (laughs) You reach your hand over and put your hand in front of the books, and they just stop shaking as she is rummaging through. And she pulls out a book, and they just kind of drop. But they're still in a tower. All right, yeah. This one might be what you're looking for. The accurate and truthful histories of the world. How, how accurate are these histories? As accurate as the title says. That sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> and truthful, if one's to believe the title. She nods. Um, how, how does this, how much does the book cost? How exactly does this work? Can I read it as long as I'm here, or? Absolutely, you can sit down and read if you wish to take it with you, though that will be of a cup or a day. And what happens if it doesn't make it back? Well, then you'll break my heart. Oh, oh okay. That, that, I guess that is bad enough repercussions. Um, that and I'll chase you down until the ends of the earth. Oh, I'm that, kidding. I could not okay. do that. <sighs> but these books are very rare, so I would highly recommend just being gentle with them. After all, that would be, uh, let's see, the generation of bookies. Ah, yes. My first adventures. There you are. What? Yes. Accurate and truthful histories of the world from my first adventures. What does that mean? It, that's what the book is called. Oh, okay. You see it on the spine? Yeah, I do. First adventures, accurate and truthful histories of the world. Right, I suppose. Um, uh, oh, a couple other things. Um, can, I purchased a book the other day. Can you uh, appraise this for me, perhaps? I can take a look if you'd like. I, I... Let me have it. 
the precious. Uh, okay, okay, just hold on here. I'm sure it's here somewhere. Just ah, uh, here, here you go. And I, I hand her the uh, and the section of the encyclopedia that I purchased. Okay. She takes the books greedily from your hands as she takes it up to her nose and she sniffs along the edge of it. Ah, what a lovely book. Oh, look at the pages. Oh, yes, yes. She starts to flip through it and rummage. What is it that you wish to know about it? Um, well, I guess two things more so. Uh, one, the authenticity and two, the, the value of the book. Authenticity. Well, I can authenticate that it is indeed a book. Uh, that That's grand. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it is about 50 years old <laughs> written with she takes her finger and like wets it and then touches part of the page and then puts it back in her mouth written with a very special type of ink <laughs> what's so special about the ink oh it won't fade if it falls in the water oh that's kind of nice actually no bleeding and although the pages were kind of cheap speaking of which how much would it cost to get a, a blank book nowadays you would like a bound book yeah, just something that I can write in personally. Ah, so a diary. Or a journal. Don't worry, we all have diaries. Are you interested? She pauses for a really long time and stares you in the eyes. And then climbs up on top of the books. Are you interested in joining Bookworms Anonymous? What exactly is Bookworms Anonymous, if you don't mind me asking? Shh. What exactly is it? It is... A society of secret bookworms. We collect books from around the world and we are accumulating them to make a massive library. Accessible by all. That that sounds wonderful. How do I get in? You're in. Amazing. <laughs> who, who else is in here? It's anonymous. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, wh wh when are we going to have this big library thing? Well, we have a meeting in... Well, we put on special outfits for this, but we have a meeting... At least once a month. Where, where is the, do we know where the next meeting is taking place? It will be uh, next month. Uh, the past one already happened because it's the past, of course. And, um, well, next month on the 13th of Freedun. Congratulations, you've joined a book cult. Lucky you. Guys, it's, uh, where, are we where are we currently keeping all the books that were going to be in this library? It is a secret location. I cannot tell you. I understand. It's anonymous. I hope so. Yes. Okay. Of course. And, um, oh, yes, I should probably provide you with your card. I like that idea. All right. She runs up to the front desk, and you hear her open a drawer, pulls out um, a piece of paper, roll a perception check. 14. You see that in the drawer that she is rummaging through, there's, like, stacks of these tiny little cards, and you see she pulls one of them out, and they're one of the ones like, that she's about to write on, and you're assuming that she's got, like, over a thousand of these inside her desk drawer. And she starts to scribble in the note, and she comes running back. All right, here is your membership card. Thank you. Yes, you know, it's anonymous, and make sure when you come on the, the 13th of Fridu next month that you are dressed appropriately. What? What's appropriately? Hold on. I need to make sure of something. I hope I have the right date. I'll change the entire year what, what, if I have Friday to. Friday the 13th? Friday the 13th. Um, by the way, do you want to, you're in the month of Setoth right now. That's September? Mm-hmm. That's so October, Friday the 13th? <laughs> okay. So yes, on top the 13th of Freedun. Make sure you come dressed appropriately. Well, what's appropriate I don't. Oh, well, uh, well, a lot of times people like to dress as the creatures from their favorite books. Uh, looks at giant bestiary which he purchased. There are pictures in there. Sure, she want me to dress like a frog? 
could absolutely dress as a frog or or uh, um, as one of those toad creatures that the Red Guard liked you to ride, or even a princess if you really choose to do so. I don't think that would work very well for you, but it's possible. <laughs> uh, aside from, can I? Do you mind if I can get one of those journals that I can write in? Oh yes, of course. Uh, give me a moment. She runs to the front and then comes running back with a small little journal. How small? It is approximately uh, seven inches tall by four inches wide. How many pages? Bruh, you think, okay, 120. Um, okay. So, so I might need more pages eventually. We'll see. Well, if you need another one, you can always come back. We are Book, club, book Club's Anonymous after all. Do we have many other, like, is it only based in this city or, like, are there other meetings held in various other towns? That's Anonymous. But shouldn't I need to know if I'm going to, like, attend these meetings? Well, you'll have to go find another bookseller in another city. So all the booksellers in all the cities are in on this? We're in on it. All right. Good to know. <laughs> Do I get special membership perks? You get to rent a book for free once a month? Oh, that's awesome. There's a mass conspiracy to commit public library. <laughs> I love it. All right. I, I can totally get behind this. The, the, the book I gave you previously, you told me a little bit of information about, like, the ink that it's made out of. How much do you think a book like this would be worth? She sniffs it again, does, like, the same, like, entire, like, page check. Hmm, I would say probably about, uh, um, with all the ink and the paper and the writing, um, a hundred silver. Only a hundred silver? Yes. What are the contents not valuable? Uh, the contents are inaccurate at best. How do you know? She flips through it. Eidetic memory. Why do you say that they're inaccurate? Because look here at this beast. It has a drawing of a tentacle on the bottom left side, but that is incorrect. They do not grow that there. They grow it on the bottom right side. Where did you read that from? From another book. Do you remember which book with your eidetic uh, memory? Oh, sir. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Good Lord, Quentin. What is the author's name? That's what I'm looking for. Isn't this his book, though? And this is a forgery. It's a counterfeit. Did I spend $700 on a counterfeit? <laughs> Be thoroughly irked if I did. You spent how much? Nothing, nothing, nothing. We didn't spend anything. Um, I, uh, I, I do believe that someone said this was supposed to be a book by a man. Men write a lot of books, yeah. but so do women. Well, that's good. I'm glad that they're still literate. I, I just learned how to read the other day. You're glad that women are still... Wow, Quentin. Oh, Christopher Locke. Ah, yes, that is the name. Oh, yes, I read the book in one of Sir Christopher Locke's diaries. But this is supposed to be there. That is not his diary. How do you know? Because I've read it. Well, how, how can you tell me this isn't? How do you know the one you read's real and this one isn't? That is a fair point. But I'm saying that this one is highly inaccurate with some of its depictions of creatures. This one will get you killed. How sure is that, are you? 96% sure. And you're basing Do you have any of other uh, Christopher Locke books here? Oh, goodness, no! Do you know how rare those are? Yeah, that's why I thought this was worth 700 silver. You'd have to sell it, Whitebot. That was a fun... <laughs> Ooh, you got chipped. Well, someone said it was the genuine Christopher Locke bestiary. Christopher Locke does not write bestiaries, he writes journals. Well, that, that's what they said. It well, was. he's dead now, so he wrote. Yeah, that's what they said. So it was his journal with a bunch of monsters in it. They said he even had its signature right here. That is not his signature. How, how do you know? Oh, for heaven's sakes, I already told you it's because I have an identical memory and I've already read one of his books. Are you free this evening, ma'am? <laughs> Roll diplomacy. That's a good diplomacy. 19. That's smooth. How long has it been since you've been on a date? I mean, this woman is my mother, if anything. Same. 
How long has this been since Smoot's been on a date with his mother? <laughs> Charles Smoot. Um, FYI, the woman doesn't look that old. How old is she? She, she has dark black hair. Oh, okay. And she appears to be about in her 40s. Oh, okay. So she's younger than me. I I could be available if you would need it. Uh, but what about this? Oh, I, I figured I, I could I could take you someplace. We could uh, chat more about uh, the, the literature and stuff. Oh, I have a book like that. Chat someplace. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm traveling with the. Or I was traveling with the caravan. It's quite erotic. Um, not particularly what I had in mind. Uh, there's actually I wanted to, to discuss this book more in particular, but I do must be going. But I can come over. What 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 time is it, anyways? I look out the window. It's late afternoon, heading to evening. So uh, when do you normally close up shop? Never. Oh, so I mean, can you book just... clubs and all. Bookworms Anonymous will stay open forever. Oh, oh no, I mean, like, uh, well, do you just keep it unlocked all the time? When do you leave? I don't leave. Well, then how are we supposed to go out someplace? Hmm, fair point. I guess we'll have to come in here. Uh, I don't know. There was someone I wanted to introduce you to. Um, she looks disappointed. Uh, Is it your mother? Uh, no, ma'am, my mother's dead. Oh, just like chat somewhere. Uh, no, it was just another individual who seemed interested in this book, and I wanted to, uh, maybe we could figure we could talk about it. Is this person also interested in Bookworms Anonymous? Quite possibly. All right. I suppose we could make a trip for someone who needs to be added to the Cultimate Club. <laughs> yeah, my thoughts exactly. Uh, so, yeah, whenever you're free or willing, I could take you that way. I shall expect you tonight. All right, sounds good. When the sun goes down and the lanterns are lit. Sure. I shall see you then, dear. All right. Chad I from didn't... somewhere. <laughs> um, pardon me. I, I guess I never properly introduced myself. Uh, the name's Smoot. Charles Smoot. I offer my hand. Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer. Come about <laughs> um, I was I was informed that someone by the name of Beatrice ran this store. Is that inaccurate? That's my sister. Ah, okay. Did you forget her name? <laughs> You've just been lying. Or it could be an alias. Or that person could have just talked to her and she lied then. Or they Fine. heard from someone it's, else and they were it could wrong. Just be, it could just be Jed from Beatrice Cumberbottom. Alternatively, it could also be that. There's a thousand Beatrice explanations. is the person who actually runs the bookshop. <laughs> and this is not at all oh, the no. owner of the bookshop. This is, <laughs> this is the creepy person that sneaks in. <laughs> all right, Jennifer, I'll be seeing you later then, I suppose. Of course. I will have my sister watch the shop then. Sounds swell. She gives you eyebrows as you leave. All right, sounds good. <laughs> um, is there a way that I can not take five hours to get here or to the caravan in the future? Yeah, your character finds his okay. way back eventually. Uh, can I see if I can locate the huntsman and where he is at this time? The huntsman is currently tending to his wagon selling goods to customers. Alright. Uh, huntsman. One moment. Rash. He swaps his pipe back over from his right side to his left. Uh, I, I guess since you're traveling with the caravan, you're gonna probably be fixated here for the foreseeable future until it heads out for a few days alright um I have an associate uh that's interested in speaking with you actually uh pertaining to Sir Christopher Locke's journals they say they know where more of them may be I didn't know if that intrigued you cause you're the huntsman he nods slowly alright 
So uh, they won't be available till later, but I'll, I'll bring them your way. Ah, oh dear. I was hoping to go out later, but if that's what you wish. Where are you planning on going? Maybe we can just meet you there. I was going to visit the local tavern. Uh, the, 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 the fair maiden? That would be the one. Uh, I, I've been there. It sounds like a, it's a pretty popular place. Uh, we can meet you there if you'd like. Very well. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll see you there around sunset. All right. All right. So, you all finish mm. up all your stuff for the day. You have regathered later in the evening. Um, Smoot says he's going to be heading out momentarily, but he would be going to the Fair Maiden's Tavern. Is anybody interested in going? I would like to go to the tavern. <laughs> I would probably want to hang out with Mest, so either wherever he goes, I'll go. If he's going to stay up making potions, then I'll help with that. Okay. I was going to say that he had time while Smoot was going out and finding things that uh, Mest would have had time to decipher the scroll. Oh boy. What did, what did I learn about it? You learned the spell. You jump good. Have le- What level spell is this? Uh, look up jump. jump. It is a level one alchemist spell. Okay. So, yeah. So, Zach, you had time to do that. And Alan decided he's going to go to the tavern. Uh, I got to pick up Jennifer first. Okay. Cece will go with you. She's interested. What do you mean? I want to go. Why do you want to go? Because you said that there was a lady that you were picking up. She wants to meet your date. It's not a date. I'm introducing her of to the Of course husband. it's not a date. That's why I'm coming along, because you need someone to keep the space between you. Keep at least one Bible space between you at all times. Yeah, that's what the book's for. It, it, is, is the Bible open or closed? Because that makes a pretty big difference. Open. I mean, I, I could just take her back to my place and read the Bible, but... <gasps> you don't... <laughs> Andrew got it. It took him a moment. <laughs> We could go back to my place and read the Bible. Yo, it was totally insane. We totally read the Bible. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Cece is insistent on coming along with Charles Smoot. Uh, that's fine, I guess, as long as you don't chase her off. I make no promises. <laughs> I will be a better pigeon tonight than ever before. Can, can you at least be a silent pigeon? Ooh. She stands there silently, glaring at you. Okay, maybe talk. It's weird when you just stare at me. Okay, perfect. All right, just don't. Don't, don't, don't embarrass me. I, I can't make that promise oh, either. Goodness, no. My job is to be there to embarrass you. No, no, it's really not. You really don't have to be there. Mr. Smoot, understand. You're like a... You're an old man to me. That's accurate. I'm and like you need some young rage, blood to really help you get along with a beautiful what? young woman. Uh, oh. You need help. You need all the help you can get. (laughs) I just wanted her to talk to the huntsman and tell her that this book's a fake. Wait, so we're having her set up with the huntsman? Yes, (laughs) exactly. We have to. No, Smoot, we're going. And she starts to try to Okay, fine. I was planning on going anyways. Cece, I I think you might have the wrong idea. She's already gone. Cece, we gone. She got it in her mind of playing matchmaker, and now she's gone. Okay, so um, Ellen Taylor, you're going to go to the tavern. Uh, Kelsey will join you. Finevere and Mest, what are you going to do? Mest, I know he's waiting on you to t- decide. I'll go to the tavern, too. I, then I'll go as well. I was more interested in following Smoot. I was going to the tavern because I thought he was going there. I'm, I'm, I'm going with Smoot. Uh, uh, well, I am, he's I am going there. there. 
I'm going to head go up there. there. That's just where we're, I got to bring Jennifer. We're, yes, we're going to get a nice seat to watch it. everything go. <laughs> yep. Get a seat. Get a couple beers to the table or a nice viewing distance away so you don't get mixed in, but you can at least enjoy the show. Yeah. Jade just nods <laughs> enthusiastically. I just want to be there to make snide remarks every couple of minutes within earshot. Uh, outside of earshot. Peanut gallery style. That is indeed how it should happen. Okay. So, um... Yeah, Alan, you were informed by Smoot before he ran off that he was going to be at the tavern um, anyway. So, I mean, you might as well just head over there just mm. for the evening. So, okay. So, <clears throat> all of you, and actually for Alfred Kenneth Miss, this is his first time making mm. his way to the tavern. So why don't you all just make a perception check? That dang, 24 for Finn. 17, a not garbage number. <laughs> I rolled above a two. Twenty. Davida's along with you. Uh, but you have not seen Amali yet today. He hasn't really come back from whatever he was doing. Whatever the man is doing, hopefully we find him. Okay, so... Sorting with the Red Guard, no doubt. <laughs> I doubt it. Okay. As you guys uh, begin to enter through the somewhat familiar entryway for you two, Mest and Fin... I mean, Alan and Finnevere. Mest, you see the sign above the door that says the Fair Maiden's Tavern. You see the wooden entryway, a solid wooden door. And, well, as you begin to open the door, the door actually carelessly swings wide open on its own, just barely missing Alan Taylor by centimeters. And as it does, you feel somebody just like, somebody kind of stumbles out and bumps into you. And you hear him essentially say, It was fun, ladies. I'll be sure to stop by for a good time later. And this obviously drunk man uh, continues to try to saunter clumsily past you, his right hand lifting a large glass bottle towards his face. And he seems to lose his balance somewhat as he stumbles back into you. Oh, sorry about that. Probably shouldn't drink and walk. He puts the bottle back down and... He becomes a little bit more aware of his surroundings. Is it Callum? No. In fact, you see <laughs> that this man appears to be about in his late 30s with somewhat similar hair, but shaggy, dark brown hair, parted in the center, bangs neatly falling to either side of his forehead. And you see his face is very stubbled with uh, dark hair. And on his person, you notice he's wearing a deep blue vest with two gold enclosure buttons a cream-collared shirt, and a long brown coat loosely um, sitting on his shoulders, his right hand peeking out, holding the green glass bottle. And you all, after observing the man for a moment, you realize something feels slightly off about him. Alan, for you, you remember solidly connecting with him on his left shoulder when he bumped into you. And while you might not have thought anything of it at the time, you don't remember feeling the weight of his left arm. And in fact, all of you notice that compared to his right side, the coat he's wearing seems to sit flat against the side of his body. Uh, sorry about that. Oh, he looks over at Kelsey. Hello, bad beautiful. Okay, buddy. Why don't, why don't we just sit you down for a second? Oh, no, no. I'll be heading home. Don't worry about me. I'll, I'm fine. And he begins to walk off. A little clumsily, but he's uh, becoming a little bit more aware of his surroundings as he does walk away. But, well, strange things happen. And you go inside of the Fair Maiden's Tavern. All right. So you guys get situated. 
drinks are on the menu. It's very similar to what was the evening before. They have that special um, lager that I know that Alan Taylor was enjoying quite thoroughly. Does he get it again this evening? Water. So he just goes for straight up water. Okay. Uh, they do charge for water here. But it was free last time. It's charged tonight. Oh, it's because it's not raining. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> Wait, but catching rainwater is a felony. Only here. <laughs> Again, what feds? <laughs> yep. So it's a copper for just a glass of water, which is refilled throughout the night. It's just, that's what they charge. You're get, paying for the cup. I get water and whatever the soup of the day is. Okay. They have a nice potato soup. Of potatoes. With um, carrots and uh, a special type of vegetable, which looks similar to broccoli, but is green or is actually blue in color. I like all of these things. All right. You you chow down. Do you guys get any drinks or food things? Uh, I'll get something snacky. They have cheese platter. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, is there any starch to go with it? Yeah, it has crackers. Oh, that works for me. I'll get the cheese platter. The cheese platter is a little bit more on the expensive side uh, because it is their specialty cheese. Uh, it is 15 silver for a platter, but it is a, like a big tray of mm. cheese that can be split amongst the table if you so choose. I haven't earned a cheese platter. I guess I'll just go it with something cheap. Uh, I haven't done anything that feels worth it. Kelsey and, and- looks at you judgingly. Get the cheese platter. I can see it on your face that you really want it. You I, keep mentioning I, I, cheese. I do, I do want it. Get the cheese platter. I get the cheese platter. Okay, you got the cheese platter. <laughs> That's fine. I'll split it with you. How about that? We'll go halvesies. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you, Kelsey. Don't give the eyebrows. It makes it worse, Quentin. Don't do that. Okay, so she splits the cost of the cheese platter, and you both have a cheese platter uh, that she starts giving out pieces to the other boys. David is very happy with the cheese. He is actually critiquing the cheese. I love this cheese. This is amazing. The best cheese I've had all day. It's very good, but you're not here to smooth. So when you get here, you can make that joke. All right. Uh, Does Mast get anything? Uh, Being as it's his first time here, he wants to take a look at the menu with blood all was on it. Oh, Jesus. Give me a second. I gotta go find the menu. (laughs) Go grab that menu. (laughs) Gotta dredge that out from two weeks ago. Okay, so they have Verismut Ale, a locally brewed dark amber ale described as nutty with a pleasant finish. Uh, that is one silver for a pint. They have the Verismut Whiskey, a locally produced rye whiskey that is seven silver and seven copper for a shot. Uh, house Vermouth, a house-made dry vermouth shot is six silver, eight copper. And the Lavender Lager, a masterfully brewed light purple lager described as robust with a hint of coffee and a bitter finish two silver and four copper. And then for the menu, they have a deep fried chicken, deep fried chicken strips that are fried in sunflower oil with spicy red sauce. That is 10 silver, two copper, uh, deep fried slices of red beet fried in olive oil served with honey based sauce. That is 10 silver, a, the cheese platter that he bought, which was actually higher priced today because it was shaped into little lamb cute, like little lambs. They were cut special, and they're much bigger than they normally are. Um, the deep-fried potato wedges, uh, fried in butter, syrup with tomato-based sauce, 10 silver, 2 copper, lamb stew. Um, actually, no, that's potato stew today, which is... How much did I just charge? He got potato, whatever. It was like 10 silver, 
for the potato, pan-seared veal, uh, marinated in ginger on a bed of rice and broccoli, 20 silver pieces and two copper, and the herb-crusted mutton, the house specialty, uh, which is a mutton doused in white wine sauce on a bed of doodles with a side of caramelized onions, 20 silver pieces and two copper. Oh, that is expensive, but it sounds good. I, I want that one. Okay, so that's 20 silver and two copper, and you get your herb-crusted mutton. I would just like to point out that all of this food is regulated in the silver amount, and Zach, for a day's worth of wages, was only being offered three copper. Uh, this is a popular joint for seekers. Just throwing this out Just there. saying. Okay. Man, the depression hit hard. All right. Um, Smoot, you arrive with your guest. Uh, where it, it, where yeah. is he? Oh, uh, it's probably right over this way. I mean, he's, he's a big guy. He's pretty hard to miss. Yes, he's very nice, and you have to compliment his pipe. He really likes his pipe, okay? He does okay? really like his pipe. I thought we were here to talk about books. Oh, we are here to talk about books, but he also really likes his pipe. Okay, all I right. Mean, uh, pipe smoking while book reading is actually a very long-held tradition. Like I said, is he only is he going to join the book Worms Anonymous? So I might just hear to... I don't want everyone... No. Anonymous. Anonymous, yes, yes, yes. Of course, I'm the one who created you. I'm just throwing this out there. I can't believe you got me to sign up, too. Of course <laughs> I did. Uh, just yeah. rem- remember, it's it's 13th of Freedom. 13th of Freedom, okay. And we'll have to get a Molly involved, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Right? Right, perfect. I think I'm going to dre- have him dress up like a little um, fire rat or something like that. I have fire rat. Because they're so cute. I have never seen one. What's a fire rat? Uh, they have really long, like, furry tails, and they're called, they're like red, and... But never mind. Listen, well, if, people, might see them. if people knew what Aladdin was in this day and age, he would make a killer cosplay. What's Aladdin? Uh, it's a tail. All right, one. Oh, I can tell you everything you need to know about Aladdin. Aladdin is a very old story from once upon a time. The words are always starting with once upon a time. And then it goes on from there. You know about Aladdin? Yes. Where did you read that from? A book. Which book? My First Adventures, Aladdin. Who wrote this First Adventures series? A very well-known children's author, if I do say so myself. Who? You're looking at her. Wait, so did you just, did you make it up? Of course. It came to me in a dream when I was at the Bookworms Anonymous meeting. You're going to have to tell me all this story sometime. Absolutely. I may have heard a different version than you. Of course, you, you could not have. It is my creation. I don't know. The name Aladdin sounds very familiar. Aladdin. Oh! is Aladdin. Okay, two very different people. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Well, you gotta know this story. I still do want to it, hear the story sometimes. Th- this this uh, supplies your answers to some degree. It absolutely does. <laughs> or at very least, uh, at very least uh, backs up Finn's argument for uh, stories that survive through time. Um, can, I percep- can I perception check to see if I can see the Huntsman? Sure. Uh, 20 for Smith's perception. Okay. You see... The huntsman is actually sitting towards the front row of the stage, and he's looking on at the women smoking his pipe as they play on this, like, up above him. And he smiles, and you don't usually see this man smile, but he is sitting there, like, big smile that you can see underneath his beard. Oh, no, dang it, he's in a good mood. It'd be a shame if someone were to just walk up there and kill him. What? Why would she kill the mood? She's perfect. She's perfect. I mean, sure, if that's what you think. I could just imagine 
Little huntsman babies running around. <laughs> Cece, I think you're really jumping the gun here. I just want him to maybe join a book club, maybe her to tell him that this book's a fake. I don't know. I also remember a book like that. Uh, little huntsman babies running around. Did you also write this one? No, that's not written by me. Wait, 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 wait. It was written by your sister. Wait, wait, wait. You said My First Adventures was a children's story, and you're the author of it. Yes. Does that mean you also wrote the accurate and very truthful history of the world? <laughs> yes, of course. It is very accurate and truthful. On what terms? On my adventures. What adventures? My first adventures. When I was a child, I first saw a ladybug climbing a tree. Wait, wait, what's the contents of this book? <laughs> you I haven't even read the book. You <laughs> haven't read the book? Smooch um, cracks the it. book open and starts to flip it. Yeah, flipping through the pages very frantically. And then I frolicked through the river. It is. Is a, it a, just a journal? It is a child's account of their, um, from their youth growing up and truths about the world from a child's perspective. Dinosaurs are real. <sighs> Okay, this doesn't exactly work. <laughs> Nonetheless, it's very insightful in some regards, I'm sure. You you assume that books are too much. <laughs> All right, let's just go talk to it. You do have an identic memory, right? Yes, of course I do. Why do you think I could write my first adventures with such accuracy about my childhood? Are very. You really get to look into someone's soul when you write about a childhood. Oh, that's a little. <laughs> That's a little spicy of a tone for that statement. Hey, what do you well, mean? All right, well, uh, the husband's right this way. Uh, we're just going to head that way right now. Um, uh, husband! And I just, like, pat him on the shoulder. Yes. Um, is this the lady you wanted me to meet? Yes, Huntsman Jennifer, Jennifer Huntsman. He swaps his pipe over from his left to his right. She said she's read numerous of John, uh, Christo- of Christopher Locke's uh, articles and, and journal entries and such. He reaches his hand out to her, and she takes at her hands, being dwarfed in comparison to his man-meaty hands. Pleasure. Sean, you've read more of Christopher Locke's books. Of course I have. They're very intriguing. They are some of my favorite books. Of course, my first adventures are obviously the best, but Sir Christopher Locke is a decent writer, I suppose. But what stories do you have to tell? Also, would you like to join Bookworms Anonymous? She slides a card on the table to him. Um, I can't say that I do, dear lady. They have access to free literature, information, knowledge. I don't stick around in one location for long enough. They call me heartbreaker at times. (laughs) (laughs) I look at Cece and I just nudge her and kind of like eyebrow wink. She is doing like two, two close fists to the side of her body. And she's like doing a little bounce up and down. Yes, 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 yes. I have goals, okay? <laughs> By all means, once I'm done here, you can run amok. <laughs> Only when you're done? Please let me finish my business first. Uh, more more so to the point, um, Huntsman, uh, when we first spoke, you swore by the authenticity of this uh, manuscript slash journal that I purchased from you, and that this was Christopher Locke's signature. Um, but this, I, I, I just wanted you to know for the sake of uh, your shop's reputation and whatnot that... Uh, Jennifer here says it may be a forgery. Is it now? He swaps his pipe from his right to his left. I can't remember if that's good or bad. I think that's bad. (laughs) He just has two modes. Pipe on the left, pipe on the right. One's good and one's bad. So, what are you saying? 
No, I'm just saying that Jennifer th- says that this may not be perfectly accurate. He sighs. I am not a master of books. I bought it off the hands of some other member, and that's what they told me. Well, you may want to reconsider uh, your relations with that individual, and... Smoot, if you are going to continue to bother me on this fine evening, and he gestures with his pipe to the ladies on the stage, we're going to have a problem. I was just letting you know that whoever sold you this, and whoever sold me this, was just ill-informed on the situation. You may want to talk to that person about it. More so, I thought you and Jennifer could get along, seeing as you have a mutual interest on uh, knowledge and information and things. I'm going to leave now, because Cece had something she wanted to say. And I kind of just push her forward. Jennifer sits down at the table immediately and scoots closer, pushing the card closer to him <laughs> as you walk away. And I push Cece closer to both of them, and I start to walk away. What? You ruined <laughs> this man's night. <laughs> Why? Because he what? overcharged me for a piece of useless literature. What How do you know it's you useless? To commit such acts of cruelty. Listen, it might be accurate. It's just they wanted to upsell him, so they said it was this guy. The night does pass pretty reasonably quickly. It's enjoyable. You hear um, Cece kind of cackling off in the corner as she's watching from another table what's going on over there. Uh, at one point, Popeye does come in with a few of her uh, guard, so to speak, and she actually sits down and starts eating here. And then a variety of other seekers and whatnot to stop by. And the night passes, and you all return back to the caravan. And as you return, you find yourselves able to settle down for the evening. And it does appear that Amali has returned, although he appears a little bit tired. And he settles down as well. And you all rest. And, well, this was a very productive day for all of you. You've learned so much. You've gained plenty of information. We'll have to find out next, next week what the party does and if they make it to their initiation. Eventually. All right. Thank you, Foundlings, so much. We'll see you next, next week. And Foundlings, if you've been enjoying this podcast and episodes or series overall, please make sure you leave us a rating and a review in whatever podcast listening app that you are using, whether that's Spotify, uh, Podchaser, iTunes. I know Spotify doesn't let you leave reviews, but just make sure you tell somebody else about us because when you share our podcast, you tell someone to listen and they listen, that helps us. And, and we love finding out that people are listening. So also make sure you go to our social medias at Twitter and Instagram, at RollFound. And you guys can actually tag us there, just an FYI. And you can let us know that you're listening and what you think. Compliments are nice. We like compliments. So yeah, if you want to go follow us on our social media, please do so. Or you can go to our Discord link in the description below and join us on our Discord. I recommend doing all of the above because, you know, that helps support the podcast. Other ways you can support, tell a friend about us. Go to our website, missingrolleplayerfound.com, missingrollplayerfound.com. And pick up some merchandise if there's anything there that strikes your fancy. Or go to our Patreon and consider donating to us monthly to help us maintain the quality of this show and pay for things that we have to constantly pay for. So we'd really appreciate the help, guys. If you ever find yourselves in a way that you can help, do so, please. This is not a demand. This is this is me begging, I guess. I have no idea. Like, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, guys, we also want to give a big shout out to Will Savino with Music D20 and Michael Gelfi, who make a lot of the ambiance and music pieces that we've been using in our podcast in the most recent episodes. 
make sure you go and give them some of the love. Okay. All right. They have YouTube accounts, Bandcamp, et cetera. So go check them out. Twitter accounts, all that, all those places, you know. All right, foundlings, we'll see you next, next week. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.